Everybody. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Game Byte Show podcast. This is your newest, latest, greatest Game Byte Show podcast for September 14th, 2016. I am your game playing host, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, and I'm here with my game playing co host, Dale Count Elmdor Jones. Hey, Dale. Hey, how's it going? And game playing co host, Jared Red Eye Dunn. Hey, hello, hello. Hey, this is the shiniest Game Bytes podcast until a few days from today. No oxidation as of yet. Still. Still nice and new. Why is that? Still has that new podcast smell. Get a whiff of that. Mm, very nice. It's kind of minty. Chemicals. <laughs> you know. You know what's funny is, have you guys noticed how uh, cleaning agents that they give them that sort of food smell, like that lemon smell, so that when you actually taste something that's that's lemon, and you're like, oh, that tastes like bathroom cleaner. <laughs> yes. I, I I eat an orange, and I'm like, I just gotta scrub the toilet. <laughs> I think there's like an arms race. You know trying to keep ahead of the flavor of like toilet solvent type stuff i'm just saying the more we clean our toilets with orange and lemon scented things i mean our dogs are just gonna eat orange and lemons all day it's, it's terrible i could maybe get on board with that i don't know <laughs> prevent scurvy right well, uh, everybody, this is the midweek show where we talk to you about the video games that we've been playing, and uh, don't mind that bouquet, that aroma, uh, because we're going to power right through it. We're going to talk to you about the video games that we've been playing this week, and uh, I think this time we're going to start with Jared. I'm kind of curious to know what you've been doing. Boom! I've been playing a text adventure, an internet-based text adventure called Fallen London. Um, so this game's actually been around uh, quite a while. If I was more prepared, I'd know how long it's been around. But uh, <laughs> several so, years, several yeah, years. many years, many years. It's um, the same the same development studio that made uh, Sunless Sea. So this was their first game, and it's entirely text based. Uh, just sort of in your browser, you go to you know just Google Fall in London, you'll find it. Yeah, Fail Better Games is the developer, and this has been around in browser since two thousand nine. Yes, so it is actually really excellent. So. It very much embraces that, and and you know, it predates it. So you could even say Dark Souls embraces it. That sort of, it paints the picture of a world in a very strange, like you experience the world through the game, but you're not really sure of all of its mysteries. Like it, it's there's just a lot of like sort of uh, occluded things happening in the background. So you're essentially going around. Um, you have a character. You get you gain skills. It's sort of an RPG. It's very uh, like macabre, like Lovecraftian, uh, very dark. There's like weird. It's based on the fact that like London, like the city of London, has been like transported like into an underworld. Yeah, like it fell into the underworld hole or something, right? Right, and so you're complete. It's completely underground and sort of this uh, Victorian style um era i guess if you will like steamships are around stuff like that and right right now i'm actually (laughs) 
I've, I've been solving mysteries. You solve a lot of mysteries and you just kind of work your way through puzzles and you, you gain skills and those skills will dictate how well you perform actions. So it'll give you like a random chance. You may have like a 68% chance of success on this um, watchfulness activity. And depending on the current activity you're doing, you might have one or two ways you can solve it, either through your watchfulness or you can use like brute force or you can be shadowy and like steal something. Um, and it's, it, it's just an aimless text adventure as far as I can tell. And it's just amazing. Uh, the writing is really, really good. And I actually read that one of the co-founders of Fail Better Games is working with uh, the He's going to Bioware Mass team. Effect, right? Yeah, Mass Effect. So that actually gives me really high hopes for the writing in that game. I am curious to see what he does with that because the Fallen London sort of lore and text behind it is just really, really, really well done. So is, is it like scary stuff or is everybody just like normal except they're in underground London or no, are, are people like zombies or monsters? or what's There the are claymen who are like animated humans made out of um, clay. Like, they have no organs. They're Golems? Just, yeah, essentially. There's, um, they're like octopus men, but I forget exactly what they're called. They're like squishies or something. Octodads. Yeah, octodads, octodads. roaming the streets. <laughs> but that would be like a bunch of normal looking guys. Like, oh, that's true. How would really you tell? Right, you would, you would, he's just a totally normal dad doing <laughs> bad things. Uh, there's this uh, colony of essentially mummified, like, they're essentially, like, not quite undead, but like, I, they don't die. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, no, it's a very strange, strange universe um, with sort of sort, not like magic. Like you don't cast fireballs, but lots of sort of uh, like I said, kind of Lovecraftian, like sort of mythical things happening. Spookiness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And none of it's like scary. It's just kind of strange. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what brings you back to it over and over. And right now, I'm writing a novel in the game, and I don't know what the point is of doing that but i'm doing it and i've been doing it for days mm. it's like you write pages and you spend your points you every 10 minutes you earn a like a candle or whatever that lets you do an action certain things cost one or up to like writing five pages of this novel or of this book costs me five actions or whatever so i can write five pages i can you get up to 20 unless you subscribe to their you know monthly subscription service so i make like 20 pages at a time and then you gotta go like edit them to make them like better <laughs> it's just this really sounds strange. like some pay to win bs here no i'm no i've been playing no, i've played I'm it off kidding. and on for like three years and i don't think i've ever paid but uh, you, wow. you should you could and it's they're probably it's probably worth giving them some money because they put a lot of love and they release new stories i, I believe once a month is their frequency that new stories come out it's got Jeez. really really great art to it so there's no animation. There's no video. It's just text and like these like everything comes like a single thumbnail of art. So so help me understand cool. this though. So so you say it's like a text adventure. Is it like a choose your own adventure or is it like a parser based type thing? Or I guess I'm having trouble reconciling the idea that they that you, they release a new story for it every month and yet it's so you go all? to there's different places in the city and in those places there are various activities sort of happening so you might go to this sort of seedy underground underbelly part of fallen london um where you can do a lot of shadowy actions so you can you can like 
commit crime, you can like steal, you can do all this stuff. And you, you do it by there are maybe, let's say there's an area has 10 actions and it, it reads like three or four sentences of what that action is. And then it tells you what is required to do that. So sometimes you have to have items, you have an inventory. Um, you, you can spend those items to do those actions and essentially it will there will be a result of, of attempting that action so you'll either be successful or you'll fail or you might like critically fail or be critically successful in some cases um but but essentially it's you don't ever like type uh you're always just like clicking like okay or go or whatever i forget exactly what the button says but it you just kind of read and then you say, okay, I want to do this. And then you read and you're like, I'm going to attempt this, <laughs> you know, and just kind of hmm. move through the world in that way. Um, so you're, so you say that you've been playing this for three years on, I guess, the browser version. Really right? so off and new... on. And I've recently picked it back up. I had played it. It probably, it's probably been a year or so since I played it last. Uh, but I recently picked it up because they sent me a convenient email uh, alerting me that the Android version of this game had been released. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a, perfect time waster um and, and it translates really well to the smartphone sort of environment do you carry over your progress yep or is there progress to carry over how, how does yep. that work i mean for, for the three years do you have stuff that you want to keep to my, you know to show for your time absolutely it's my same guy he has a i i don't know if it's really high i don't know what like a really high watchfulness stat is but i he's it's 88 that seems high my other stats are like 30 so great scott yeah, I don't know, man. He's like a pro. He's just like hammering out books and stuff. He's pretty good. I don't want to like brag or anything. Do you have an account? So so yeah, so I actually had, and, and it's totally, it's just one account. So you log in on your Android phone or on the browser, you know, all your progress syncs back and forth. Um, there, there's it, That's pretty seamless, actually. I've had no issues with that. Um, I've actually gotten an, uh, another friend to start playing, and once you become acquainted with people, you can like challenge them to like an intellectual activity, like a chess match, and that unlocks further things that you can use to unlock new options that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so it's just really kind of interesting. There's a, there's a lot of aspects to it, and again, it's one of those like you could go read a wiki and ruin the whole thing for you, and it's probably not nearly as much depth if you do that. But, you know, Dark Souls is the same way. If you just go read a wiki and, like, put all the pieces together before you play the game, you, you it takes all the charm out of it, right? right? Part of the enjoyment is going and experiencing and just literally wandering aimlessly in your browser, basically, for a while. Um, it's like getting lost in Wikipedia. I mean, everyone's done that, right? You go read an article on Wikipedia, oh, totally. you're like, oh, what's this? And you go in there, you're like, oh, what's this? <laughs> it, it's kind of like how this game plays. Right. It's pretty... Pretty entertaining. Neat. Cool. Um, and so the other game I've been playing is not on Android, but it is kind of weird and less known. So I think this fits with my play style. Uh, Battle Brothers, which I'm going to be honest, is not a great name. Uh, but Battle Brothers it's... is what uh, Space Marines refer to each other as. Battle Brother. <laughs> it reminds me of like Battle Toads, but it's not that. It's not Space Marines. It is a turn-based uh, strategy RPG in a sort of low fantasy setting. And the world is totally randomly generated every time you start. And essentially what you what you do is you lead a mercenary band uh, of up to 
12 characters, I think. And it's very much in that sort of XCOM vein where you have, you know, your characters are have their own stats and they have their own equipment and their own perks and benefits and all that. And when they die, they're, I mean, they're dead, they're gone. And now you have to go try to replace them. Um, it's just, it's just pretty, it's pretty entertaining. It has a little, I just kind of some, I want to say a ton of like depth to it, but, uh, I've actually been enjoying it a lot just as a mercenary company. You just kind of wrote, it's, you're not tied to a base. You're not trying to like rise and save civilization you're just some dudes um roaming the countryside like accepting missions and um stomping face so it's actually kind of a fun way to go about those types of games because it, it basically just cuts straight to the combat <laughs> sort of aspects and you can go to different towns you can like do trade there's merchants and training and uh, you know you level up your characters and, and that kind of thing. So I've, I've actually been enjoying it. It's got a really, um, I really enjoy the sort of art style of it. It's, it's very simple. There's no real animation. Um, your characters look like little, kind of like little wooden figures, like painted wooden figures, um, sort of from that era. And they just kind of move around on the field and kind of battle each other out. And it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. I like the, I like the visuals. I like the sound. I like the music in it a lot. And it was, I picked it up in, I think, a humble sale, humble store sale, and I've been enjoying it, so. Please tell me that there's some reference to, like, where are we going today, Battle Brothers? <laughs> Is that, I'm not are sure you guys I've familiar with this? Sc- but, uh, no? No. Oh, that's too bad. Wait, wait, wasted opportunity. And maybe, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I've been playing it uh, a couple nights now, so maybe, maybe I'm just not quite far enough. <laughs> well, keep it, keep us, uh, keep us up to date on I'll that. I'll keep you appraised of that. And one other thing I want to talk real quick, I know we've talked, I actually almost had a whole show dedicated to it, but um, I wanted to kind of get my two cents in real quick. Is the Battlefield One beta uh, that ended oh for sure two weeks ago? I guess yeah, I, that's right. You did a that game you did is a long amazing. play version of our uh, you you did a long play version of our uh, weekly stream. I did. That. It was like I a did. two hour thing. Yeah, I actually strummed that for <laughs> for uh, I think an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. And I don't think yeah. I've sent that to YouTube yet. I should probably look into that. Um, but yeah, I was actually really surprised by how much I liked the Battlefield 1 beta. Yeah, right? Really surprised. Like, you, you just think it's going to be another, uh, like, Battlefield-type game. And I, I was thinking, I was going to, I was expecting it to be something like Battlefield 4, which, you know, I had, like, no interest in. But it seemed to be a really wide and expand. I mean, it's just the one map. But it reminded yeah. me a lot of Battlefield 1942 in a good way. What I what I really liked the most about it were, <clears throat> of course, it's a World War One setting, if people aren't familiar. Again, I know we've talked this a lot on this podcast, so I don't want to cover it too much. But that sort of older generational warfare, I think, fits the—I mean, it plays a lot like the World War II Battlefield 1942, in terms of the way movement works, it's not like a super realistic. You're in a trench with a bolt action rifle, right? And you're just taking shots across Waiting the for no days. man's land. Yeah, no. I mean, it, getting it, rot foot. There are games out there that probably uh, do that much better than this. This is very much a your assault has a submachine gun. Your sniper has is scoped bolt action rifle. Your support who throws out ammo has you know a, a machine a light machine gun and i mean it is battlefield 
to a T. But it's a really, really good version of Battlefield. Right. It's Battlefield to a capital T. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. You can um, look back at uh, our podcast, uh, what, three weeks ago? Something like that, I think. For the, yeah, uh... s- s- somewhere, in, somewhere in there. So I... I thought it was really good. Um, honestly, I'll probably pick it up um, before it's released because I, I really look forward. I'm actually kind of sad that I can't like sit down and play it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm actually going to use that as a transition point into what I've been playing because one of the things I mentioned when I talked about uh, Battlefield 1 was that I felt like it had a lot of Star Wars Battlefront DNA in it. And, uh, you know, they had, for example, the special characters that you could get, like, they were sort of like the heroes in, in Battlefront, and, uh, uh, you know, even the menus, the way that you can mess with stuff while the game is loading, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I don't know if that is, is something that's in, like, Battlefield 4, for example, but it's definitely Battlefront. And uh, this past week, I've been jumping back into Star Wars Battlefront to do... I, I noticed I actually talked back in June, so three months ago, uh, Battlefront had done a free period of... Uh, yes, hi, Dale. Uh, <laughs> uh, Battlefront had done a, uh, a preview of the Outer Rim DLC. So right now, the, the main game of Battlefront has been out for, you know, since last, a what, year? last fall. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Almost a year. And so they've got four DLC packs that they are sort of rolling out, and their most recent one was the Bespin pack for Cloud City. So I played Outer Rim uh, three months ago, so I'm going to update you on Bespin, because uh, primarily uh, it's free this week. So by the time you're listening to this, <laughs> it may be a little bit late, but uh, they are allowing all players to get in on the Bespin Cloud City boat. And um, so I decided I would do that, because in the original Battlefront, Bespin Cloud City was actually one of my favorite environments to get into. Um, and one of the things Battlefront does, of course, we know it looks great, and they really nail the look, I think, of, of Cloud City. The maps kind of seem a little bit over-engineered compared to the previous stuff. I mean, th- the layout of the levels is definitely a lot more complicated. I mean, uh, I remember there was a level in the original Cloud City in Battlefront 1 that, uh, you know, you basically had just, like, two hallways with a couple of little alternate areas, and it was, like, a lot of choke points. Um, they do have some of that in this, but it seems like there are a lot of a lot of extra ways to traverse from one end of the map to the other. Um and, you know, I'll be honest with you, I have not really even memorized the layouts of the maps yet, but to the credit of the game, uh, you know, the markers and the uh, the mini-map that you have, you can usually find where you're going without too much trouble. That is one thing that, it's. I think it's one of those subtle things that happens in games, and I can just imagine them flow-testing this to make sure that people are always getting to, you know, the... Um, you know the the, uh, the important objectives. And I always like to imagine they use like eye tracking on uh, like testers. Like, are they looking at the at the cues? Like, are yeah, they noticing to see where them? things you know are I mean? going. Or, or like uh, sometimes they do in in professional soccer. Now they have like a heat map of where the action was on the field during the course of a you know of a period. Um, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, I, I usually find that even though I have no idea in general what I'm doing, I'm <laughs> able to get to where I need to go. Um, they they do a good job in these cloud city maps of alternating between really wide open spaces versus like really claustrophobic little hallways. Which I think if you look back at uh, the Empire Strikes Back, um, in fact even like the special editions. Remember everything used to be just in like these white sterile hallways, but then when they did the special editions, they sort of um, you know cut away and like took out you know added windows and things to some of the areas so that they were overlooking some. I, I think they you know in kind of a way they hark back to that because they they do a good job I think of alternating those uh, those areas. Um, the the new maps um, there's a fighter squadron map so there is a mode where you can get in uh, cloud cars which cloud cars are I think are cooler in 
theory, I think, than they actually are. Um, I those always are the... thought those looked super dumb. <laughs> yeah, but they're new. And they're like the golf cart of the fighter space fighters. <laughs> they are. And in fact, when I was a kid, we, we thought they were called clown cars. So we'd call them clown cars. Um, but yeah, cloud cars are the new uh, fighter in, in this. Um, and, and they're like I said, they're cool. But when you can be in an A-Wing or, or like a TIE Interceptor or something, like you know, who wants to be in the cloud car, really? Um, it is kind of fun to get in those on the non-fighter squadron maps and kind of just like, you know, fire away little dudes like running around on the map they they do have a uh, a pretty good uh, acceleration uh, to turn ratio which uh, is pretty nice uh the other maps that have been added here are the carbon freezing chamber which um again really nails the look like you know you know that scene where luke skywalker is uh kind of like he's kind of going in after darth vader like looking for han solo or whatever he's doing in there and um you know he, he steps into one of those I don't know what to call them, like the Jeffries tubes or something. It gets in and it like lights up, and the thing opens up, and you hear all the. It does all of that stuff, and the lighting is really good, and it it just I think they again do a really good job of capturing that idea and expanding that area and building it into a viable multiplayer map. Um, there's also the Administrator's Palace. Uh, Lando Calrissian is the Baron Administrator of Cloud City, so they have kind of the lofty like penthouse is that his areas. Real? canonical title yes he is he's the baron administrator wow. i used to be such a gigantic star wars nerd i i had never heard that That's yeah cool. I, I used to know all kinds of stuff and i have definitely fallen away from from that level of of love of star wars but, of nerd uh, yeah, I, yeah I, you, didn't, you didn't even like The Force Awakens. I did not like The Force Awakens. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I saw that they're saying, oh, Episode Eight is going to seem very familiar. Yeah, well, it could be because The Force Awakens like was like the most hackneyed, re- iterative bunch of junk. Uh, anyway, n- enough about that. But... Um, uh, the, the prequels. Yeah, yeah don't get me started. Um, the, the new mode that they added to this, so when they do one of these DLC expansions, they add new maps, a new mode, and then heroes. The heroes are uh, Lando Calrissian for the good guys, and Dengar, who's that uh, like head-wrapped cyborg kind of dude. Um, he's got like a white head-wrap and kind of a chest plate kind of thing. I don't know if... That sounds familiar to anybody. I think if I saw him, I, I would know. Yeah, he, he was one of the... Uh, so you remember in uh, The Empire Strikes Back, they're all standing up there and they're talking about, oh, bounty hunters, we don't need that scum. And there's, like, the lizard man and the robot guy. Dengar is, like, the regular dude who is just kind of, like, wrapped up in a towel, um, I guess. But um, the mode in this is sabotage mode that they've added, and it's... It's kind of neat. In it, it, it actually is better to play than it sounds like because essentially what it is is the uh, the rebels have to uh, capture and, and hold three points. You have to th- destroy three Tibana gas generator uh, zones, um, and then if you're able to successfully do that, then it turns into a, a point defense mode where then the Empire goes on the offensive to capture one point from you. So everybody has to converge on this one evac point. Um, and you have to hold that. So the upshot of it is that at the very beginning, those three points are really difficult to to defend. So the Empire is sort of on the defensive. And I, I've actually found in a lot of those modes, you, you lose one of those points almost immediately, sometimes two of those points almost immediately. Um, you end up fighting over a third point, and then the action shifts again. If, if the Rebels can get all three of those points, then everybody converges on the other one. And it actually kind of works out as a really cool like push-pull kind of dynamic. Um, the flip side of it, though, is that um, you know, you can do a really great job capturing all of those points as the rebels, but then if you can't hold that one, well, you lose. 
and it kind of feels like a real downer at the end of like being really great and taking those three points and then losing on the one. Um, but, uh, but, but it actually, it actually, aside from that, when you're playing it, I think it varies up the action and keeps things moving around well enough. Um, and, and it really is pretty fun. I have not been a regular player of Star Wars Battlefront, but I really enjoy jumping into it when I get the chance. And I think the fact that they've been doing these free preview, uh, areas, this is actually the second time that they've had a preview, um, period for the the Bespin DLC. Uh, they did one, I think, last month in August at some point, and I actually played it then and kind of forgot to even mention it, but uh, the next one, and I believe the final one that's coming up, is the um, Death Star, which I think is going to add Chewbacca as a hero, and then uh, Bosk, I think, who is the lizard uh, lizard guy that I was talking about a little bit earlier. And uh, generally speaking, I, I've been pretty pleased. It is kind of a weird thing, though, that... So this DLC, if you, if you buy the season pass, it's a $50 season pass to get all of this stuff, which mm-hmm. there's a pretty good chunk of content there, but it seems a little bit troublesome to me because you've got all of these people and you're really subdividing everybody. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't really noticed, um, because I'm only playing on the free period, so everybody's able to jump in and, and play on Bespin, or everybody was able to play Outer Rim when, when that was on a free period. Um, but it seems uh, kind of tricky to me that they would be subdividing all of their players as much as they are. Um, $50 is kind of a lot to spend. There's a lot there, um, and, and they keep adding more, and they've been doing free updates. So I, I don't really know about the, the legs that Star Wars Battlefront has, has demonstrated. I know on PC it's not really, you know, it's not really well, well populated. Um, I don't know if that really affects your ability to get into a good match. I, I never found myself being affected on console, but... Um, I think it's going to be pretty close to a sell-by date by now. Yeah. Because this is, it's a dice game, and they have another one of those coming out real soon. Yeah. yeah. And EA has always done the mo- the model of expansion adds new maps and, you know, armies or sides or vehicles. or And essentially what happens is you get that first month. Like, if you go buy that, you get that first month of activity and then after that you 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 just never find anyone in that game because the people that are buying the game may not be buying all these expansions they may have just jumped in and bought the base game for you know eight dollars on sale or something yeah and it, it they become ghost towns and you just never get to see that content and it's really a shame that they take that approach um and that they kind of continue to take that approach i'm not sure if battlefield one is lined up for that but i assume it is i wouldn't be shocked in the least if it is so yeah. I mean, that sort of goes into the topic of discussion that we had for last week's news podcast, where we sort of talked about, you know, the metrics for the success of a game, and one of them is the player base, and um, it, it's it's kind of difficult to know sometimes. I mean, all games have a drop-off at some point, but um, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to know, especially with a game like this, where it, it really is only multiplayer, which I think is going to be the same thing with Battlefield 1. I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any campaign plan for that i mean battlefield games usually... you're better off without it yeah really yeah and I, I don't disagree yeah. with that yeah i don't disagree with that so uh the other game that i've been playing uh, takes a totally different kind of approach to dlc and to add-on content uh and actually i probably i feel like i should have talked about this before now um i've been playing guitar hero live on the playstation 4 this was actually released uh again about a year ago so this came out in october of last year and of course it was the Activision response to Rock Band, which um, didn't uh, 
you know, I don't know that it really set the world on fire, I guess, Guitar Hero. You don't hear about it much anymore. And Rock Band, even though it's probably got more buzz and is sort of the more popular game of the two, you don't, you just don't hear much about it. But uh, I got Guitar Hero Live a while back and um, kind of just wanted to highlight it a little bit. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is the guitar itself. So unlike Rock Band, which, uh, you know, they, they did cut out the keyboard for Rock Band 4, on, on current-gen consoles. Uh, with Guitar Hero, though, they went pretty much guitar-only. There is a microphone um, uh, instrument that you can play, but it seems to really take a back seat, which is kind of unfortunate because, you know, if you're playing with anyone, I mean, singing, you know, the karaoke element is something that, that people really like, and I've had a difficult time finding the modes that actually take advantage of that mic. It was um, the best my... part. That singing was the best part about using that as a party game yeah for people who are playing with you exactly when you play solo i don't know a single person that would sit there and sing at their tv screen but when you have 20 people in a room and everyone's drinking and you're playing maybe just as practice yeah it's great yeah uh, so the guitar itself has actually been redesigned for Guitar Hero. So uh, you might remember in last the last gen, um, all of the instruments were basically interchangeable between the Rock Band and the Guitar Hero versions of the game. Yeah, they had five buttons for frets. Yeah, exactly. And the drums were a certain way, and the you know the bass played like the guitar, and you know just and there was a thing going back and forth for a while between Activision and EA about compatibility and who's whose bits were going to be compatible with someone else's kit and, you know, vice versa. Uh, this time, though, they have totally changed it, so there is no chance of, of any cross-pollination here. Uh, the guitar now has only three frets, but the three frets are split into two, so there's a top and a bottom, which basically means that you can, uh, as you're looking at the note highway, you've either got light frets that point upward, so these are the ones that are sort of closer to you know, your face, I guess. And then you've got dark frets pointing downward, which are closer to your hand. And so, so it's almost, it's, it's as though you're playing a guitar with two strings, basically. There's like a high, high notes and low notes at the same fret board position. Exactly, exactly. Or you can do what is called a, you know, like a bar chord where you can press you them do both. both. Exactly. Uh, and they still have the the holds, you know, the the note that then has the little track that comes out of it to strum and hold. Uh, they still have the whammy bar, so all of that is still the same. Um, they still do the star power where you can tilt the guitar. It still has the tilt sensor. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Now, the other thing about Guitar Hero that is that is brand new, and this is something that you might either like or you might really not. They've gone to a full motion video um, interface for this. So they, they really wanted to go with the, the you are the guitar hero, and when you step out on stage, you are actually, you're watching your, you know, through your character's eyes as you're back there with the roadies, you know, they might snap some photos of you before you go out on stage, you know, dude hands your guitar and gives you like a, you know, a nod and a wink, you know, like, yeah, you're gonna be the man. Um, and you go out there and there's a, a live audience of people and they're out there cheering, and they'll sing, and they'll, you know, and then as you go through your set, through your song, um, you know, your point of view is sort of, you know, going around the stage and kind of looking over at the drummer, and he's like, yeah, man, and you go up with the bassist, and you do, like, this thing together, um, and it, it actually, it kind of works. I, kinda I like think the, that sounds really terrible. Yeah, I'm with you, Aaron. Like, it sounds weird, and, and like I said, you could go either way with it. You could either like it or not like it, but... Uh, I, I sort of do, and I actually find myself, like, 
almost buying into the cheese of it, like, just at my TV, like, gesturing and, like, pointing out at the crowd and throwing the horns and, like, doing all kinds of stuff. Like, it's just kind of fun to do, How much are you wishing this would come to PlayStation VR? Oh, man, this would be a great VR game. The thing is, though, that I'm not sure how well it would work in VR because everything is so pre-scripted, basically. Um, So you don't get to really choose where you walk around or if you're going to, like you know, look down at the crowd or, or whatever. It's sort of set like that. I mean, they, they, might, they might be able to do it, but it, it is clear that there is a lot of production value put into this. I mean, these are like single shots that go through the entire set, and it, it must be scripted. I mean, they must know, like, okay, you know, we're going to look over here, and you're going to, like, you know, give me the sign or whatever it's going to be, I, and it just goes through the whole set. Now, if you start to do poorly... Um, it does this thing where it, it kind of does this, I, I don't want to call it a motion blur, but almost like if you look into the lights, it like kind of flashes for a second, and suddenly everyone is like giving you the stink eye <laughs> and Walk stuff like that. Walk into the light. Walk into the light. Like you, you can see like the, um, you know, the, the visual, like, uh, what, what do you call that when, when a camera has like uh, sunshinies that, that kind of sparkle around and it... Lens flare? Lens flare, yeah. There's like a lens flare thing that happens and uh, and then suddenly everybody's mad at you. Um, but you can always recover it and then it lens flares again and, and things are good. It's kind of weird though. Like I think it's cool in concept and, and, and I don't know, I kind of like it, but everybody is always like focused on you. Like, everybody's giving you these bedroom eyes all the time. Like, you, you know, like, you're looking and, and like... Do you, do you just... Like, that's what it's like to be a rock star. Do you, do you just wake up in the middle of the night, you know, after playing this game and just, like, a cold sweat, like, they were looking at me? Kind of. <laughs> like, you know, the, the, the bassist, she's, like, really into you, and you're like, all right, all right. But then you look over at the drummer, and he's, like, he's, like, really into you, too. And, like, all the guys yeah, backstage are just, like, looking at you. They're, you know, it's clearly that they're they're mugging for the you know the camera when they were when they were making this and you know they, they kind of want to put the focus on it. you can just see the coaches telling like okay you know the the player is the key to this and but it's just weird because if you're like everybody like why is everybody looking at me just, you get that impression like you get that feeling like you showed up to work without your pants on or something everyone's looking <laughs> yes, at you and everyone's but i mean they're just like i, I just they're all really focused on you and it just it it does kind of strike me as a little weird looking but i it you know it it fits within the... the idea what songs do you play on so, this? So Hungry I, like uh, the I, wolf, I hope. Yeah, so I, I actually linked over to the track list. Because uh, here's the thing. So I mentioned at the beginning of this that the DLC is handled differently. They do have a couple of modes. So they, they have Guitar Hero Live mode, which is sort of like your standard, like, here's a set, you're going to go play it. Um, and, and they do have a quick play mode, but you have to unlock things, which is kind of a bummer. They, they kind of go back to the old, you know, if you want to play this, you've got to unlock it kind of idea. Uh, which is kind of a bummer, especially if you get the game and you're like, okay, we're going to play this. Like, oh, here's the three songs you can play and the rest are all locked. Ooh, huge bummer. That That is like a huge... Like, Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Hey, I like Smooth. that. It's it's a hot one, Dale. Man, it's a hot is one. That, do, you, do you have to unlock that one or is that like available from the get-go? Uh, well, I'm not even sure that that's in here. I was just going to take a look at this. So the, the track list, I want you guys to look through this. I, I linked it in the show notes here. Um, so take, take a quick look. Um, but... Uh, th- Aside from that, so you guys can look and see if there's anything in there that you like. I've heard people say that they did not really like the set list of this game. I actually think it was a pretty decent set list overall um, for the live mode. But the really neat thing, so here's where it gets different. The neat thing that they're doing really differently, and like it or like it or hate it, it's really different, and I, I think it's really neat, is the Guitar Hero TV mode, which is a completely online mode. 
and it is basically, if you can imagine, like, MTV, back when it was still playing music, just running through music all day long, um, that right now, as you're listening to this, Guitar Hero TV is running on a half-hour schedule of just songs that it just runs through all the time. So it just play is playing songs all the time. And if you log into Guitar Hero TV, uh, you can start playing. I mean, it's going to play whatever's on the schedule. So they might have a half-hour block that's like, um, you know, Indie Neckbeard Hour or something, or Pop Icons, or, you know, Legends of Rock or something like that. And they have a preset list that's going to run through. Uh, and you can, you can log in and just play. Like, you can start playing halfway through or, you know, get in on the next song or whatever. And if other people are logged in, you're immediately competing against them. And there's a little leaderboard, and you're just playing whatever songs come at you. So you don't actually choose. And I know to some people that seems like a, you know, kind of like a counterintuitive thing. Like, uh, I don't really want that. Um, on the other hand, it's kind of liberating to just, like, play whatever. Uh, I, I don't really have, personally, a lot of favorites, like, oh, I'm only gonna play Green Day songs, or, you know, I, I want Bon Jovi, and I want it now. I'm pretty happy to play whatever it is that they're, you know, and, and it's big names, it's small names, I mean, they have, like, Blink-182 and Soundgarden and, uh, you know, Weezer and Judas Priest, but they also have people that I've never heard of. Uh, Islander, uh, Echo Smith, I don't know who that is. Um, Cheap Trick is on here, Marilyn Manson, uh, Nickelback, if you really want to so, play some Nickelback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, oh, don't we? Yeah. I'm actually looking through the playlist that you linked, and the Rock Band TV, I think you called it. Guitar, 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 Guitar Hero, Hero TV has a way better set list. <laughs> but you can't control it, so that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, that must be how they got all these songs. I, yeah. It's kind of cool. So he, I here's that, I think that's a neat here's feature. the thing though. Here's the so I think that's neat just because it's different. But then if you want to play things, there actually is a credit based system whereby playing the game you can earn credits. They they give you coins and then that you can buy plays like packs of plays, or you can just buy those things with money. Which on one hand sounds kind of lame, but on the other hand, get this: you can sp- you can get a 24 hour like all access to every possible thing for like six bucks or something like that, or seven bucks. So if you have, say, An event. a weekend yeah, a where, where you're going to do something, you can pay $6 and play anything as often as you want nope, that's from good. the whole list That's good. whenever mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's a bummer because then you don't have it you know, after the 24 hours, but you just had your party. You just did whatever your weekend was, and that's how I typically play the game. It's like, okay, it's the weekend. It's Saturday. Let's do this. Um, and I don't know that I really miss. So it kind of has that same feel. Like, remember when digital games started to become a thing and everyone's like, no, no, you can pry my discs out of my cold, dead hands. But then eventually people kind of acclimated to it a little bit. This feels kind of like that, where it's like you don't really permanently own the things that you've got. Or or like Spotify or something, where you are just streaming. Yeah. Yeah. It almost harkens back to uh, going to the arcade, right? Like, you go, you take your roll of quarters, you go up to the arcade, you play your games, and then you leave. You don't play you never owned anything you just went and played it and you paid for the privilege yeah and i was looking at some reviews for this and there were some people who were really bummed by that like oh you know you can't go back and play this as 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 often as you want how many times are you going to play that same song like twice um so i just find the novelty of this kind of on all fronts boys are back in town jeremy (laughs) yeah (laughs) hungry like the wolf (laughs) uh uh shake it little tina 
No, I don't. I, don't I think know we're done now. <laughs> yeah, I messed that one up. Um, but uh, I, I just like the novelty of this from the uh, from the standpoint of the full motion video stuff, from the idea of the Guitar Hero TV just playing all the time, and you just jump in and, and whatever you want, and that and that idea of the the novelty of being able to just pay. You can buy the credits if you want to and play them that way, but I like the idea of being able to just like pay for the whole catalog for a period of time. Um, I, I just feel like that is a different take on it, and uh, I, I enjoy Rock Band as well, and I'll, I'll play that, and I still play that, um, but this past week I decided, you know what, I've had Guitar Hero Live sitting around for a while, I, I may as well dig into it and uh, really give it some attention. So I did, and, and I liked it. Uh, it. It typically is a little bit expensive, it has gone on some pretty deep discounts, I mean, you're going to have to get that new guitar, whereas Rock Band you could use your old instruments, um, but uh, I look forward to some discounts here, we're coming into the holiday season, and usually you'll be able to find stuff like that for pretty cheap over at, uh, you know, Toys R Us or whatever. So, uh, Guitar Hero Live, if you're into the guitar or possibly the microphone, definitely check it out. You know, I couldn't swear, like, if somebody was holding me for uh, interrogation or something, you know, like, torturing me, like, I don't think I could actually definitively say whether or not I have ever seen this on store shelves, because I might have, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. I know I've seen a box for Guitar Hero Live. I just get bummed out that it's not on PC. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even Rock Band, you know, they had that... Uh, that Kickstarter they, they, or whatever Kickstarter to try to, and did, it failed. It didn't even did get halfway, fun, I think. Yeah, that's right. So... Wah, yeah, uh, that was a shame, I guess. I guess. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, Dale, speaking <laughs> of games. a shame, what have you been playing this week? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Dale. <laughs> well, no, it's for real. I, it's, it's a bad thing because I, I don't like adventure games. And um, But this one's really good. I keep trying a bunch of them, and I just never really like them all that much. Um, uh, but you're right, Jared. Uh, this, this game is pretty good uh, for what it is. It's called The Blackwell Legacy. And it's the first of, I think, a series of, I think, five games in the Blackwell series. Yeah, four or five. By, by Wadget Eye guy, Games. Oh, those guys um, do some good stuff, I think. They do, they've do. they done a few. They do tons of stuff. Yeah, they have yeah, like they, 15 or 20. They have a lot of adventure games. And the Black yeah. ones are some of their older ones, I believe. And I've, um, I thought... Well, so I... I pretty good. I like sort of, you know, I was enjoying the first couple of hours of this one until I just got to a point where I was like, I don't know what to do next. And I've been everywhere and talked to everybody and tried everything. And it seems like I need to be in this one place trying to do something, but... None of the options seem to be doing anything, and you know I, I don't feel I don't feel like um, motivated enough to go and like look it up in a fact or anything, <laughs> and, and not also not really motivated enough to keep like trying random things, you know, because because the logic chain at this point is has basically reached its end, you know, like I've I've thought of everything I could think of, tried everything I could think of, and it's just kind of like. Well, you know, I guess, oh, oh well. You know, maybe it's I, actually I just the end of the game and you didn't realize it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it seems like it would probably go on longer because uh, I haven't solved any mysteries, really. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, this is, the, the one thing I'll give this game is that it doesn't have a whole lot of, like, inventory combining things with other things. Um, it, it, The closest you get to that is that you write down, like, little notes on a notepad and it'll be like, someone's name or a concept of you know someone's um bad day or whatever and then uh, the closest you get to combining things is like well what is there a link between you know billy and 
the fact that it rained on Tuesday. And so you'll like click on a couple of things and then the, the character will be like, yeah, maybe there's something to this. I should go and try to find out more information at this location or something maybe like that. Maybe Billy's or, just a big crybaby and he's crying and it's raining now. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or she'll say something like, I don't think that doesn't make any sense. Why would there be spinach in the, in the cereal? What? Um, but, uh, I do like the characters in this game. The, so the main character they introduce you to is, uh, this woman called, um, Rosangela Blackwell. Uh, so the, it's her family that, uh, the series is, I guess, kind of, well, it's, it's her, I guess, that the series is kind of centered around. Um, but then fairly quickly you learn that, um, the, I guess it's the women in her family, uh, or at least it seems like it's a woman every generation are, they're kind of like mediums to where they're sensitive to the like spirit realm or whatever. And there's this, there's, there's this like, um, spirit detective guy who's, who's, he's looks kind of like he's came out of, a like a, a gumshoe noir film sort of thing, like with the trench coat and the, the fedora and, uh, he's called Joey Malone and he is apparently, you know, assigned by whoever, whoever governs the like afterlife spirit realm. He's assigned to be like the Blackwood family's, um, guardian gumshoe <laughs> detective dude. And, uh, so he is the titular Blackwell legacy basically. Uh, and so basically you have to, you're walking around town conversing discreetly with your spirit guide and trying to solve, uh, a, a mystery that centers around, uh, three or, or two, I guess, uh, semi-mysterious deaths and uh, you know it's pretty interesting the characters uh it seems like the, vo the voice acting is there's quite a bit of voice acting and it seems like it's mostly fairly well done um there are interesting characters and they seem to be written pretty well and um the main character herself uh rosa they she goes by is kind of like she's about like 30 ish she's a somewhat failing um movie it's a movie or like literary critic uh but then she gets tasked by the uh the guy at the the newspaper to go in and do some reporting right and so she's kind of a writer-ish person and she's kind of insular and socially awkward a little bit and you can kind of see her trying to branch out of her shell and um do some stuff about town in this game and it's 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 very likable um but again i just find that uh this genre is kind of, it, it, it's a real problem. It just can't seem to get out of its way a lot of times. Don't you guys think? I am a, a longtime veteran of adventure games, but I have to admit that I've been playing um, the Dreamfall chapters, and there is just something that I am lacking. I, I just am not grasping sometimes the, you know, what the next step is. And it, I, I've really found it to be helpful when there are objectives or at least some hint or, you know, I, I can appreciate the subtlety of it, but sometimes it's just like, please tell me what I need to be looking for or doing. Yeah, and I mean, I could I could go and look it up and figure out what to do next, but I I feel like it's kind of a failing of the the design that that I would even think about doing that. And the second part of that equation is that I just I just don't care that much. There are <laughs> I think I own four more Blackwell games alone, so yeah. maybe next time I'll I'll try the second one. And it'll be better, you know. Yeah, there's there's five total, and they're all none of them are really that long. Um, so, like, if you, if you feel like you've been at it for a while, I, I mean, you're probably not that far from the end. 
Uh, one of the other games I really liked from that same from Wajidai was Gemini Rue, which had a sort of sci-fi yeah, twist on it, which is really good. That was the first one of theirs that really caught my eye. Okay. And because um, that one's got a real kind of almost like cyberpunk film noir yeah, for sure. vibe for to sure. it. And it's it's yeah. just one game. You're in and out. So it, it's really – I was like – I was actually kind of blown away um, – Sort of at the twist at the end, you know, all, all these games. Sort of I'm sure twists. I'll get around to, to trying that one out at some point. I've, I've been through several, including the Blade Runner adventure game, um, which I got probably like a third of the way into that one as well yeah. before I was kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but if anyone's looking for one of those, I, I'd, I'd suggest Jim and I Rue first. I, I thought that one was really good. You know what else? Uh, have you ever played any of the Pendulo Studios adventures? I don't think so. So I, I tried one that was called Yesterday. Um, it's available on Steam. I was actually playing the iPad version. This has been a long time ago. It had a, like a seemed like seemed like a really interesting story setup um, involving like the occult and like um, hidden, you know, like uh, pract- rituals and practices yeah. and like murder and oh. and. Um, I was, I was like, like into the story, and then it got into like combining inventory items yeah. to do stupid things. Yeah. I was like. That's, this is that's that's where it usually loses me. I, I completely burned out on the broken sword. I think I got through one or two of those, and I was just like, I don't want to try to drag any more inventory items on any more scene hotspots ever again. Yeah. You know what else really disappointed me? Um, I, this might have been before uh, we were doing this podcast, but there was a Kickstarter a few years ago for a remake of Shadowgate. The, uh, it was a, a Mac adventure thing that was on NES at one point, and I, I really liked that game on the NES. And they just straight up remade it, basically, like pretty much identically, identical um, mechanically, but just with kind of like upresed art and stuff. And I started playing it, and I was like, "This is just so um, good." <laughs> I mean, it's a different sort of adventure. Yeah. It's a different sort of adventure, but it was it was the like click on a verb, click on an item, uh, yeah, uh, click on a target or whatever, and it was just like, oh, this, I just can't play this. This is so. The, there's not archaic. nothing like replaying, you know, even a remastered version, but like an older game, like um, not the Pirate Bay. What were those really silly uh, Monkey Island? Monkey Island. And you play like the original, where it's like the different vert. I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, bottom line, I still don't like adventure games. I still have quite a few that I need to try out at some point. I guess. Uh, I think that's a healthy and... attitude. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, maybe there'll be one that clicks eventually. Um, that's like uh, maybe not. That's like me with <laughs> Egovania games. I keep buying them and trying them, and I just. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. So otherwise, uh, just a quick, a few, a couple of quick updates. Uh, I'm still going through my uh, Final Fantasy IV Japanese playthrough. Uh, made a couple of hours of progress the other day. Nice. Um, and in World of Warcraft, same deal. Still playing that. Uh, like level 94 now. Um, again, just still progressing through like one of the zones in the uh, the Warlords of Draenor expansion stuff uh oh and, and even a little bit of no man's sky I, I played some of that this weekend too basically like just making a little bit of progress in each of these games but not not too much to you're, really you're just speak of. sort of grazing on your uh installed library yeah <laughs> yeah kind of just uh you know putting a little bit of time here a little bit of time there and uh 
you know, so that's why I went out of my way to kind of try something new this week, and that was the the Blackwell game, which that was a B game, by the way. Blackwell Legacy, the, I guess. Yep, exactly. Yep. Well, listeners, uh, as has Dale been putting a little time here and there, uh, you've just finished putting a little bit of time into this week's Game Byte Show Games podcast, where we try and talk to you about video games in succinct little Game Bites, every episode guaranteed to be 30 minutes or less. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to talk to us about any of the games that we've discussed, whether you are interested in the interactive fiction of Fallen London, uh, Battle Brothers, if you have anything to say about full motion video and Guitar Hero Live, or if you've been playing Star Wars Battlefront, or if you've got something to say about adventure games, uh, definitely get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter, at Show. You can also get to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. I am at Count Elmdor. I'm at Red underscore I. Our regular host absent tonight is Legrand Jolly. You can find him at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E. But you may know that we also have a weekly or more frequent video show that we do as well. You can find us over at twitch.tv slash show, or you can check out our archives of all the past stuff that we've done over at youtube.com slash show. Jared, I understand our Extra Life stuff is uh, currently in full swing. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. So we're, I, I, we uh, have a Extra Life team. And you are welcome to join it if you want to participate in Extra Life this year. If you're not familiar with what Extra Life is, you can find out more at extra-life.org or uh, watch some of our video streams, even our archives. We talk a little bit about it in the past few weeks. So uh, join us uh, this next Monday, and we'll talk more. If you have questions, uh, shout them out in the Twitch chat, and we can talk about it. I'd love to do that. Um, It's a really great charity, and it helps kids, local kids, wherever you want to do it. You can... Join the team. You can just donate to us, to our team, to me. Uh, and all that money goes straight to a really good cause. So check it out. Yep, exactly right. A chance to do some real, actual good. To do something in the world from uh, sitting down and playing some video games. So a uh, great cause, and we certainly encourage you to participate. Uh, we will be back to talk to you at the top of the week about the news, new releases, and special topic of discussion. Until then, this has been your Game Byte Show. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Peace. Bye.